love that song. Amen? Good song. 268. Let's sing 268. And if you can, let's all stand. Let's all stand. To be seated. Thank you, Donia. All right. Uh, get your Bibles, if you would. We're going to be in the book of John tonight. The book of John. Miss Abigail, did you bring me water? Um, we're going to be in John chapter 15, if you would. John chapter 15. Thank you. John chapter 15 is a familiar portion of Scripture here. We've been looking at the foundations of the faith. And uh, this is, I think, a, a good one uh, for us, our topic tonight. We're going to be talking about the foundation of the Word of God. And so, if you will... Uh, just think about the words as we look at this. Remembering how the book of John starts. Remember that? Chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. And so if you will, this whole book is about a revelation of Jesus Christ as God, the Son. And He is the Word that uh, spoke all of existence or all of creation into existence. And so He is the Word of God. Uh, and, and so the Bible says this. He says, I am the true vine. Again, Jesus speaking here. He says, and my father is the husbandman. Husbandman means the gardener or the attender, the, the attender to the, to the vine. 
Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. By the way, every time you see the word abide there, the word continue is the same Greek word. Okay, so abide, continue, remain, dwell. That's what that word means, okay? And then verse 10 it says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to sing your praises here tonight. Thank you for the health and the safety that we enjoy so that we can be here. Father, we do pray that you'd be with those who are apart from us. You know every need for body, soul, and spirit, for health and safety. And Father, just uh, pray that you'd meet those according to your will and for your glory. But Father, meet with us here tonight. Open your word unto us. Give us understanding. And Father, help us to be more secure in our foundation than ever before. Father, we love you and we thank you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we are talking about the foundation of the word, the word of God. So far, uh, we've seen that Satan's focus of attack is on the foundations of our faith. He focuses on the foundation. We focus on the, you know, on the, what's the word I'm looking for? The extremities, okay, if you will. He focuses on the root, and we focus quite often on the uh, circumstances and different things like that, okay? And so, if you will, he understands if you can kill that root, if you can kill that foundation, you've killed that faith, or you've killed that relationship. You've killed whatever it is that God is trying to build on our lives, okay? And so, he tries to get us uh, to found our lives on anything but the rock of our salvation. Of course, Jesus Christ is that rock of our salvation. And what, quite often we talk about this. When it comes to Jesus, do you realize we're not supposed to just believe in Jesus? We're supposed to believe on Jesus. It speaks of personal relationship. It speaks of connection. It speaks of being in that root. And by the way, we don't really grow grapes here. Anybody here grow grapes? You grow grapes? And so if you grow grapes, you're probably used to the vines and different things like that. And you understand tending this. So for me, it's actually better for me to think, when I think of the vine, is the root, okay? Okay? Uh, the root that bears fruit, if you will. And, and, and so if you will, that's what he's talking about, the vine or the root, the connection, if you will, to the ground that gives nutrients and everything like that. And what he's talking about, he says, look, the branch cannot produce fruit unless it's connected to the root. Okay, it cannot connect, it cannot, the branch cannot produce fruit unless it's connected to the vine. And folks, Jesus Christ is that vine, okay? And so think about this. We talk about that personal relationship. Let me ask you, what's your personal relationship with Jesus right now? You, you, you talk with Christians, and, and praise the Lord, we're glad to be Christians. We're glad to know we're going to heaven. But what is our connection with Jesus Christ? How close are we to the Lord, okay? And how many of y'all know of times where maybe you've been closer to the Lord? But you also know times where you've been away from the Lord, okay? And so it is something that you can gauge. You can know, you know, how well you're uh, staying close to the Lord or close to that root. And so, if you will, I, I, I believe that he, he talked about, if you will, that personal relationship. And then last week we saw the importance, if you will, of the framework that gives us to be safe. He gives us the institutions. Remember, he gives us government and church, but most importantly, family, Okay. And by the way, if God can, if Satan, excuse me, can destroy the families, he can destroy the churches. And if he can destroy the families, he can destroy the country, the nation, okay? And so he understands a lot of times that we look at all, all these terrible things going on in our, in, our, in, our, in our nation. Yeah, yeah, but it all started with the attack on the family, okay? And we saw that last week, right? And so the best illustration is given to us 
of the Lord himself is here in, in, in verse 15. This is the vine. This is the root that alone can produce good spiritual fruit in our lives. Y'all want to be fruitful Christians? Yeah. Amen. And uh, so let's talk about that. Let's see how, if you will. Now, the Bible describes this in a number of ways, but one of the best places is in Romans chapter 11. So go there if you would. Excuse me. Romans chapter 11, skip down to verse 11. And the Bible gives an illustration. He's talking about Gentiles and Jews, okay? And he's talking about this root. He is the vine, and, and if you will, the Bible describes the nation of Israel as the natural branches, okay? The natural branches. And then he talks about us as the, the nation of Israel being cut off and us being grafted in. But by the way, lest you think that we're going to replace Israel, he says, listen, if I grafted you in, it'd be just as easy for me to cut you off and graft them back in. And by the way, he's going to do exactly that. Amen. Okay, and so look at this. Uh, what is it that grafts, it, grafts us in? Well, think about this. It's our relationship to the Word of God. Notice that as we read this text. In verse 11, again, the Bible says this. It says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Again, talking about Israel. He says, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Meaning this, I want them to be saved too. I hope they get jealous that you're getting saved. Amen. And uh, verse 12 says, now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? He says, wouldn't it be better if they had a good relationship and you had a good relationship? By the way, any of y'all ever plant 50 tomato plants hoping that 20 of them will live? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Uh, by the way, I, if that illustration doesn't work for you, anybody here ever bought a 50-pound sack of seed hoping that a little patch would grow? <laughs> I, I, it's just amazing. Uh, that, I'm thinking about that. It's that time of year where you start thinking about sowing some grass seed, you know. And, and so anyhow, the uh, whole point is this, is it's a whole lot better if you get, uh, I've, I've planted that many plants before. I think the most we ever planted was 24 tomato plants. Now let me just tell you, unless you're going to go into a canning industry, nobody needs 24 producing tomato plants, okay? Uh, now, if you're going to can a bunch and give them away, that's all a good thing. Um, and, and, and listen, I always do plant that many. Why? Because you know there's good years for tomatoes and there's bad years for tomatoes. And it'd be good to have more plants than less plants, okay? And so that's what God's saying here. He says, I want you all to be fruitful. I want you all to be blessed and, and being blessed. And the Bible says this, it says, uh, verse 13, it says, For I speak unto you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. He says, If in, by any means I provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. He says, I wish they'd wake up, okay? Again, it's all about that relationship with Christ. For if the casting away of them be the reconciliation of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and the Excuse me, the lump is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and when thou partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Meaning this, it's not all about you, it's about Jesus. Amen. And the Bible says this, he says, Thou wilt uh, say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. By the way, can you imagine being that arrogant? Well, we, God got rid of them so he could save me. Hey, I'm so much better than they are. No, he says that's, that's nonsense, amen. The Bible says, it says, that will say then the branches, oh, verse 20, it says, well, because of, what's the Bible say there? It's important. Unbelief, they were broken off. You don't see that? And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. He said, you better not get too proud. You better just focus on that relationship to the root, okay, instead of bragging about you being one of the branches. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. On them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also should be cut off, okay? See what he's saying? He's saying, listen, if you don't maintain that proper relationship with the root, you're going to end up just like them, cut off and, and, and later we're going to see burned, okay? Uh, verse 23, it says, And they also, if they be not, abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. Praise the Lord. If they get their heart right, I'll, I'll graft them back in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out 
of the olive tree, which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these branches, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Meaning, you know, God always ends with hope. You know, you've been cut off, but I'd like to graft you back in. Amen? Well, let's notice a couple things here. And he's continually talking about that root and the word of God, okay? Now, Israel's relationship to God's been affected by their wrong handling of the word. What, what did they do with the word of God? Think about it. Uh, well, uh, just go to Matthew chapter 15, okay? Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 1, the Bible says, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the... What's that word there? Come on, let's try one more time. Transgress the tradition of the elders, for they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And by the way, was it necessary to wash your hands? Well, ceremonially, they were supposed to wash their hands if they were a priest making sacrifices or offerings. But he's saying, no, no, we got to take it. You got to wash your hands and don't want to eat with defiled hands. Why? Because you could defile your food and then that would defile you and then you would be unclean. And God says that's nonsense. And in another place, he says, listen, uh, listen, that which goeth into the mouth doesn't defile a man. What defiles a man? What goes into the heart? Okay, what goes into the heart, and that is where we believe, if you will, okay? And so, it believes in the heart. The Bible says, but he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? You know, he said, he's essentially saying this, you know, uh, God gave you some commandments, and because you didn't want to do them, you took and you put your little twist on them, so that you could say that you were keeping the Word of God, but you were keeping the Word of God your way. Now, we're going to see here in just a second, if God says something, he meant what he said. And so, if you will, by the way, he knew why he said it. He had a purpose for it. He had an understanding that if you don't do it, bad things are going to happen. And not just because he's going to punish you, but it's the natural consequence of not doing it the way he said. Okay? And, and so, if you will, he comes up and he says, listen, you have taken the word of God and twisted it so that it fits your needs and your desires. Meaning this, he gives the illustration, he says, I told you that if you had, and I'll paraphrase here, but if you had a... Uh, 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 an evil son, you're supposed to take and, and stone him. And you said, no, 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 he was a gift from God. You can't destroy a gift from God. And by the way, God had made it abundantly clear that they were supposed to take the sin out of Israel. Amen. And he said, no, by your tradition, you have taken and made the word of God of none effect. You say you're Christians and you give lip service to God. But you're not living for God. Your heart's not right with God. It's all about you, and it's not about him. It's more about the branches and nothing about the root. Do you all see that? And so, if you will, the word of God is what grafts us in and our willingness to take and to believe it. You're in Matthew chapter 15. Look at verse 3. The Bible says this. It says, why do you transgress the commandment? Okay. Verse 6 says, and he says, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free, thus have you made the commandment of God, what's the Bible say? None effect. Meaning, I gave you that word for a purpose, and now you've twisted it so it has absolutely no meaning or impact on your life or the lives of people around you. Now, a few uh, months ago, I taught hermeneutics. Now, I know that's a fancy big word, Okay. But hermeneutics means nothing less than this. It means the study of your Bible, how to study your Bible, okay? Now, I will promise you this, that it is important for you when you read your Bible that you actually are able to study the Bible to feed yourself. Amen? What happens to a baby that you leave on the side of the road? Man, they starve to death. Well, what do you do? You raise them and you teach them and you, and, and you give them a work ethic, amen? And then they go and they can feed themselves. And, and please take this the right way. All of us need the ability to feed ourselves. How should we interpret the Bible then? Well, I, if you forget, hermeneutics is we, the science is, we study historically. We read the Bible in the context in which it was written. Men? Okay. We are, it's verbal. We, we, every word means something. 
It doesn't have area meaning where you can say, well, we read that whole chapter and it kind of means this. No, no, no. Every word in there has a significance and a meaning. Amen. And it's a literal meaning, meaning you can't take and twist it and say, well, he's, he's not talking about my son. By the way, have you ever noticed how it's real easy to apply the word of God to somebody else? Okay. And so if you will. Uh, we're supposed to take and we're supposed to study the Bible where the words mean things. It's in the proper context. And, 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 and it's literally what God said. Don't take and twist it. And, and I'll, I'll just say this, but I honestly believe either too few people are taught these things or it's taught and it's not withheld. I say this lovingly. But we really ought to have the ability to feed ourselves in this church. We got good Sunday school teachers, and we got a, a right culture, and we got a right Bible. Come on now, amen. And so, if you will, uh, uh, we should be able to do that. And so, uh, think about this: unity of meaning is important. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says in Second Peter chapter one and verse twenty, it says, "Knowing this, that first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation." You know what that means? It's not right for the Bible to mean one thing to you and another thing to you and another thing to you. You know what it means? It means what God said it means. And so whenever we study our Bible, we ought not say, what does this mean to me? We ought to say, what does this mean? What was God trying to say when he wrote it? Okay? And so if you will, that's how we stay connected. It's through his word. All right? We need to have patience and grace for those who sometimes don't get it. Any of y'all, uh, i got to ask here, how many C students did we have? You can raise your hand if you want to. You don't have to. Any B students here? Any A students here? All right, we're getting through the list here. Any A, A plus students here? We just want to see if, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> just tease you. <laughs> Those are the hard ones, man. Uh, I'm going to give you an illustration. And I think it was the... I think it was the fourth grade, I think, uh, they taught long division. And the day they taught long division, I was able to do it in my head. And we spent the rest of the year doing long division. Uh, me and the principal got on a first name basis, <laughs> okay? Because I was bored out of my mind in math class. Love math, but bored out of my mind. Please take this the right way. Is it possible for some people to understand the Bible pretty quick? And other people struggle with figuring some things out. And yet the Bible tells us that we need to have grace with that. Okay? Meaning what? Are we supposed to determine what God is saying in his word? Absolutely. But we also need to have patience. Because the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 12, you can study if you want to. But Romans chapter 12 says, One man esteemeth the day, and another man esteemeth not the same day. Okay, but the Bible says both of them are doing it because they're trying to honor God. All right. And so he says, don't judge your brother who esteemeth one day when you don't esteem the day. Why? Because they have a certain understanding of the Bible and they're trying to honor God by keeping it. You have a certain understanding of the Bible and they're trying to honor God by keeping it. They, he says this. He says, let God judge them. Okay. Why? Well, please take this the right way. All of us are on the path to understanding the Word of God. And I will promise you this, when you understand, don't let go, and don't let it let go of you, okay? But the, the whole point is this, is, uh, is, if you will, God tells us to have patience. And I'm trying to tell you some of this fast so that uh, we can get through it here. I, I told you Romans chapter 12, it's Romans chapter 14. Go there for just a second, okay? Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. Romans 14, 6. The Bible says, He that regardeth the day regardeth unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. And so if you will, uh, they're saying, I understand this Bible a certain way. Okay? Now, we're not talking about people who intentionally are misinterpreting the Bible. We're talking about people who are in trying to understand the Bible, okay? Skip down, if you will, look at verse 12, okay? Notice what the Bible says there. He says, so then every one of us shall what? 
give account of himself to God, meaning this. Well, I just understand the Bible this way. Well, that's fine. But let me just tell you this. You might want to make sure that you're right. Why? Because every one of us is going to give an account for how we understood the Bible. And I'll promise you this. You can't understand the Bible unless the Holy Spirit of God guides you in an understanding. And so, again, you can't understand the Bible unless you're rooted in Christ. Folks, I will tell you this. The devil will do all he can to disconnect you from God. I, I appreciate everybody being here tonight. I'm glad you're here. Wednesday night's a good night. Amen? And listen, I'm looking out here. I'm looking at some people who have worked hard here today. Praise the Lord. Okay? But I will tell you this, that um, this ought not be your only devotion this week. This ought not be your only time praying this week. This ought not be the only time looking into your Bible this week. Amen. Why? Because you lose your connection. All right? You lose your connection. Um, uh, what do we call them? Devotions. We usually call them our daily devotions, don't we? Okay. Do we need to maintain that connection? Okay. What's our excuse for not doing it every day then? Well, I'm too tired. Very good. I'm too busy. I'm too whatever. Amen. Amen. And all God is saying, listen, you better stay connected to the root. Why? Because the devil is doing all he can to disconnect you. Hey, what happens when you become disconnected to God and you face a trial? How many of y'all have ever been overwhelmed by fear? And can I just tell you this? We have nothing to fear. Why? Because if we're connected to the Lord, I can do all things, casting all your care upon him. Amen. Uh, if that be you, Lord, bid me to walk on the water. Come! If you just are connected, I, I will tell you something. Peter didn't understand everything. We're going to see this here in a second. The apostles, by and large, did not understand what Jesus was talking about. But you know what they were? They were connected. They walked with him and they talked with him. They listened to him. They stayed close to him. Amen. And we'll see that here in just a moment. Notice, uh, if you will, go to 2 Peter chapter 3, please. 2 Peter chapter 3. And look at verse 1, okay? We need to have patience and grace so that we might understand. But we also need to be on the lookout for those who abuse Scripture for their own purposes. Notice what the Bible says uh, in verse 1 of chapter 3 here. The Bible says, This second epistle, beloved, uh, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the, what's the Bible say? The words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of, the, of us, the apostles, and of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. You don't have to have a devotion every day. I mean, come on. How much church do you need? Are you going to church twice on Sunday? And you went to Sunday school too? That's three services. You, on, how much preaching do you need? Scoffers? And yet the Bible says what? Not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come on now, as the manner of some is. And so the Bible says, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they, what's the next thing say? For this they what? Willingly are ignorant of. Meaning this, is if you are unconcerned about spiritual things, if you're disconnected from God, the devil will give you every, ah, it's no big, it's not, that's, I, that's, that's not important, you don't have to do that. Now that's just a, a preacher preaching. No, that preacher's not just preaching. I, I, I'll tell you what, if they made a law next week, we couldn't come to church, how many of y'all would be able to feed yourself spiritually? I, we all have the tools, but how many of us would be so connected that we'd, just, we'd be all right? We'd be all right, amen, if you will. And so, uh, if you will, uh, I, uh, anybody here keep roses? Anybody keep roses? Am I the only one? I keep a couple, I keep a couple here. What do you do with a plant that doesn't produce fruit? You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 11, go back there, Romans chapter 11, we were just there a second ago. 
Romans chapter 11, look at verse 18. And the Bible says, Boast not thyself against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt then say, The branches were broken off that I may be granted in. Well, because of unbelief they were, what's the Bible say? Broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Now, I, I, I do plant roses. I love them. And I, I don't do it like I used to, but I used to grow them as much as I could. I would do the tea roses so you can get the, the stemmed roses, you know. And you do the cuttings, and the, I would save vases and take them to people who were shut in and stuff like that and take roses to folks. I still do it occasionally. But uh, when you're pruning a rose plant, by the way, if you don't prune a rose plant, anybody know what happens to a rose plant? Well, it just grows all over, and you don't get any roses, okay? And it will eventually die because things will grow in it and choke it out and everything like that. And there's a right way to do it, and, uh, and I'll talk about this even more here in a second. But uh, you prune it so you can get flowers. Now, what do you do if you plant a rose plant and it doesn't produce any flowers? Now, two years ago, I planted a brand new rose. It was a beautiful rose. I was so excited for this thing to come up. And it grew, and I mean it got big, and it got green leaves, and it was just as strong as could be. And I kept looking for flowers, no flowers. And, I, and so I prune it back a little bit. You know, maybe, you know, you, there's a certain way to prune it. You prune it just right, and, well, maybe that'll make it grow. No, that didn't make it grow. Can I just tell you what I did with that rose plant at the end of the year? <laughs> I dug it up, and I got rid of it. Why? Well, it's just taking up space. Amen. Folks, why? Because in a sense, it had it lost its connection. I'll explain that here in just a moment. But, uh, well, if you will, the Word of God is what grafts us in. It's what makes the connection with the Lord. Now, who's trying to destroy that bond, okay? Uh, well, that's the devil. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis chapter 3. You guys are familiar with this text. This is where the devil... Tempts Eve, if you will. And uh, how, how does the devil try to disconnect us from Jesus Christ? Now, the Bible says, by faith, if we'll stay in his word, we stay connected and we have the source and the power of the root. Amen? So how does God try to connect us? Di uh, excuse me. How does Satan try to disconnect us? Uh, simple question here. Was Adam and Eve connected to God in the Garden of Eden? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you can only imagine what a wonderful relationship that was. Amen. So what did the devil do? And here's something we need to learn. Okay. What did he do to get us disconnected? Right. Now, say, go ahead. Go ahead. He sowed doubt. Absolutely. By, verse 1, questioning the word. He said, yea, hath God said. By the way, he didn't say one bad thing in that verse, in that word, in that in that word there, that sentence there. All he said was, "Yea, hath God said?" You know, it, it's kind of like this. Let me put it in Missouri, because Missouri language. <laughs> Did he say this? That's all he's saying. Is this what he said? Y'all with me? That's all he's saying. He's not saying he lied. He's not saying he questioned. You, you know all he did is he put a thought in Eve's mind. Did he say that you can't eat from all the trees of the garden? Now, let's just pretend that there's only 100 trees in the garden, okay? And how many of those trees could she eat? 99. 99. How many could she not eat? One. And it doesn't tell us how long she had been in the garden, but you know what? If she was like me at all... <laughs> I, I would have a different dinner every night. Well, I've eaten from that one, I've eaten from that one, I've eaten from that one, I've eaten from that one. And, and I, I, I would just make my way through that garden. Have you tried this one? Ooh, I like that. Ooh. And by the way, can you imagine in the Garden of Eden going to one of those trees, getting a piece of fruit and saying, ugh. <laughs> no, I mean, it was all delicious. It was all wonderful. And, and she was just so enjoying it. And all he did was, did God say you can't eat from all the trees? There was only one tree, and she wasn't thinking about it. She wasn't thinking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It didn't cross her mind. It didn't make her doubt and say, well, he's keeping that from me. No, she was like, oh, that's delicious, that's delicious, that's delicious. All he did was come in. Did he say that you can't eat from every tree? You know what she could have done? She could have done the math, and she could have said, no, we got to eat out of 99% of them. 
By the way, if y'all, is 99% pretty good? Put an oxygen monitor on you, a couple of you in here tonight. Some of you aren't going to make 99%, so, <laughs> okay. I will tell you, 99% is pretty good. And yet God says, the devil said this. He says, did God say you can't eat? And it made her question. Well, no, we can eat from all the trees. That's, was that her answer? Verse 2. No, we can eat from all the trees, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Hmm. Huh. I wonder why I can't eat from that one. I wonder why God says this in his word. I wonder why God makes this restriction. And I wonder why God... And by the way, if you just do what God says, okay? I've been told this, and I don't, it was a psychological study that they did. And they had a, a school of elementary school children, no rules, no fences. And they said, go outside and play. And they all hung around the doors. Okay? And I'll tell you why. is because they didn't know what the boundaries were and they didn't know where they were safe. So they just hung around here. And to, to add to the to test, the next day they put a fence around it. Okay? And with the fence, they, they felt safe and they knew what their boundaries were and they were able to explore the whole playground can I just tell you this? Some people say, well, all those boundaries and all those limits, that's what's keeping me from having what I... No, no, no. God's saying, enjoy the whole garden. Enjoy it. Just don't eat from that one. He didn't say why, but please take this the right way. Get a hold of this. This is so important. He's God. He didn't have to tell us why. But how many of y'all believe this? The Bible says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen? And so he's, you know what he's saying? I know you better than you know yourself. I know what's good for you. Amen? And by the way, the devil's the one that makes you think, well, I think that might be good for me. Amen? And the whole purpose is to remove our connection between us and our personal relationship with God. Amen? Notice the next thing. Because the first thing he does is he begins by questioning. Okay? It begins by questioning. Oh, I, I got one more thing to think about that. Are there some things in the Bible you don't understand? <laughs> yeah. Think about this. A man who wrote the Bible, the Apostle Paul, or Peter, excuse me, said about the writings of the Apostle Paul, he said, read his, his, his stuff. But, but I'm telling you, there's some things in the writings of Paul hard to be understood. You guys know the verse, right? There's some things in his writing that are hard to be understood. I want you to realize this. Folks, do you realize that every time Jesus asked the apostles that rhetorical question, do you understand what I'm telling you? Remember what their answer was every time? Yay, Lord, we understand. Amen? But remember when he got crucified, none of them understood. So they lied about understanding, okay? But you know what he did do is he says, why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just trust me? Amen? And you got to know that uh, you need to Go, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We need to be connected to Jesus with that level of trust. 1 Corinthians 13, look at verse 9. This is what the Apostle Paul said about our level of understanding. And by the way, here's, here's a man that had been in the presence of God. He was up in the third heaven, heard things he couldn't write down. Amen? And the Bible says this, he says, For we know in part... And we prophesy in part. And I know that's in the context of the word of God here. But Paul is saying this. He says, and when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Meaning what? Someday we're going to see him face to face. Okay? Someday we're going to see him face to face. And, and, and I believe he'll fill us with our, his understanding. But I will tell you this. It's the devil that gets you questioning the goodness and the character and the instructions and all the word of God. Amen? When we should just say, it, there was a number of years ago, you remember the bumper sticker, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And Baptist preachers hated that, bu that bumper sticker. Why? Because it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. God said it. That settles it. And we could just say, you know what, God told me not to. Well, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? Because the Bible told me not to. You mean... 
is it possible for you to eat of every tree in this garden? And, and until that moment, she's perfectly happy to eat from all the trees in the garden. It didn't even cross her mind to eat from that one tree because God said, don't eat from that one. She's like, yes, sir. Amen. Until the devil said, I wonder why he won't let you eat from that one. Well, the next thing is she compounded a problem by adding or taking away from the word of God. Well, God said that we should not eat of it. Neither should we. God didn't say that. Please take this the right way. Doesn't that make sense? You can't eat it if you don't touch it. And I don't know if Adam said that or if she made that up, but it was just, it just seemed like a good idea. You know, if we just take it a little bit farther, it'll be all right. No, no. It removes your connection from God. All God said was, don't eat from it. Well, doesn't it make sense to also say then don't touch it? No. All God said was, don't eat from it. Are, are you getting it? The Bible says in three different places, don't add to my word and don't take from my word. You know what God's saying? I said exactly what I meant. I said what I mean and I mean what I said. You guys ever use that with your kids? I said what I mean and I mean what I said. And the whole point is this. He's saying, don't add to it. Kind of like Abraham, when God said, I'm going to give you a son. He said, okay. Well, Sarah's got this really good idea to take Hagar, our handmaid. We're going to help you out, God. And God said, if I needed help, I would have asked you. didn't ask you. Amen? And I said, don't eat from it. I'm not trying to be clever here, but you know what that does mean to me? They could have gone up and smelled it. Oh, man, it smells good. They could have looked at it and said, boy, that's a beautiful tree. Well, no, that's a violation. God said, don't eat from it. He didn't say anything about smelling it or looking at it. Now, you would say, well, that's a temptation. Not really, as long as you're resolved in your heart. I'm not going to eat from it. Why? Because that's what God said. Don't add and don't take away. And what is the consequences? If you add, oh, I'm going to add the plagues of this book. And if you take away, I'm going to take your name out of the book of life. You know, I'll take yourself. You can't be saved, okay? Uh, listen, he takes that very seriously. Satan tries to destroy our bond to the word of God by questioning it, by adding to it or taking from it. And then third, by impugning the character of God. Remember what he said? He said, God knows in the day that you eat of it, you should be like unto God's, knowing good and evil. Well, he's keeping that from me. And young folks, this is where a lot of young people get in trouble with the Lord. Why won't mom and dad let me do this? Why does the pastor always preach against that? Why does the Bible say anything about, come on now, amen? And, and it's keeping me from something. No, no, it's like that fence. It's protecting you from something or protecting you for something. Amen. It's good for us to remember those things. Amen. And folks, all of those things happened because Satan got in there and he stirred up some questions. He, he added or he helped her to take away from the word of God. And then he impugned the character of God, meaning if God really loved you, he would have never done that. Well, folks, please take this the right way. What more could he have done to love us? Amen. We see when it comes to the foundation of the word of God, that God has grafted us into a root, the word of God, Jesus Christ. He is God the word. He is the word of God. Amen. But then we see Satan tries to destroy that bond. But then God, Jesus, tries to maintain a healthy bond. Go back, if you will, to John chapter 15. This is where we started. This is where we'll finish. John chapter 15 Notice what it says in verse 4. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. And the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Just by way of illustration, any of you all, don't raise your hand. Any of you all ever gone from Wednesday to Sunday and you didn't pick up your Bible? Have any of you gone from Sunday to Wednesday and not bowed your head in prayer except for food? Amen. And by the way, 
Can sometimes you pray for your food just because that's your habit? I promise you with me, a lot of times you're praying for food just out of habit, you know? And, and so if you will. How does God maintain that healthy bond, okay? Meaning what? What does God want from us if we're bound in the root? What's he want us to be? Fruitful, okay? What's he want us to be? Fruitful, all right? Fruit of the Spirit and soul winning and all those, you know, that's another sermon for another day, amen? But how does God ensure that we stay connected to him? Look what the Bible says in verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruits, what's that say? He what? I'm going to ask you a question here. Can you lose your salvation? So it can't mean that. That word literally means to lift up. Okay? And my point is this. What happens if, uh, matter of fact, we can go out here. We were looking at the trees the other day. We need to get some of them pruned. And I didn't even notice, but the, 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 the tree professional looked up and saw it immediately. He says, you better get rid of that. I said, what are you talking about? And he pointed up, and there was a dead branch. He said, that thing's rotten. It's going to fall on somebody. I was like, you know, he said, he said we got to get that out of here lest somebody else gets hurt. Folks, listen to me now. When people get themselves in trouble with the Lord is when they get disconnected. They get disconnected from his word and their word in him, okay, if you will. And God says, I better get rid of that before it hurts someone. <coughs> Could God do that to a Christian? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, would you go there? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at verse 30. Keep your finger in John 15 because we're coming back, but... 1 Corinthians 11, verse 30. And the Bible says, because some people aren't doing the Lord's Supper the right way. By the way, can the Lord's Supper get you to heaven? So it has nothing to do with your salvation. So he says, you better take the Lord's Supper the right way. How serious is he? Well, verse 30, it says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many... What's what I say? And folks... Lost people die, Christians sleep. You all understand? And what he's saying here is this. He says, people who became a problem in the church, God removed. He lifted them out. He took them out. Okay? Why? Well, for one thing, they stopped being connected to the root. They became a dead branch, and they became a danger to the people around them. Amen. And God says, because of this, some of them sleep. Right? I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to tell you that's how God says he's going to keep you connected. Okay? Anybody here knows somebody won't go to church because they've been offended by a Christian? Please take this the right way. It would have been better for them to have been removed so that somebody's relationship with the Lord would not have been affected. I know there's some, even in this church, it takes sometimes years and decades to get over hurts from people who lost their connection to God. Amen. Okay? The foundation's important. And so we can do it through pairing. Pairing means cutting with a knife. You know a pairing knife? How many people even know what a pairing knife is? Okay, good. All right. <laughs> All right. The other way is through uh, pruning. Verse, uh, back in our text in verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. Hey, I'm a fruitful Christian. Good, because God's going to get into your life, and he's going to start taking some things out. He's going to start pruning some things so that you can take, and you can become more fruitful. In Hebrews uh, chapter 12, the Bible says he does this to help conform us to his image. Amen. And so when he wants us to look like him, every once in a while he'll, he'll convict us through the word and through his Holy Spirit. Because of our connection, he'll take and he'll say, I'm going to cut that out of your life. But it's going to produce a wonderful thing. Now, I told you, if you don't take care of your roses, they just grow. They'll grow. Now, you'll get that first bloom because that, you'll get the first bloom, okay? But if you don't touch them after that, they'll just grow, if, depending on what kind you got, obviously. But they'll just take and they'll, they'll grow and they'll, they'll make all kinds of green leaves, but they're not going to make any 
any roses. Matter of fact, if you've never kept roses, you don't know. But if you have kept roses, you have to go down the stem and count, and you find the first five-leaf branch. And when you see the five-leaf branch, you take and you cut the stem just above that at an angle, and there'll be a bud in that five-leaf branch. And that bud will take and put off a stem, and it'll put off a rose. But you got to prune it to take and to get it. You guys understand that? Sometimes God has to take and he has to prune us so that we can be more like him and keep us closer to him. Amen? And I I would tell you, a lot of times, if we're disconnected and he's doing that in our life, we get bitter against God. We we can't have that. God God does that because he loves us and he wants to make us fruitful. He does it through pairing. He does it through pruning. He does it through prayer. Look what the Bible says in verse 7. In verse 7, John chapter 15, verse 7. You guys sing this. You guys know this one as a song, right? I'm not asking you to sing. I'm just saying it's easy to memorize. Y'all with me? If ye abide in me, am I what? Words abide in you. That's connection, folks, between God and the Word. Between the, the believer and his Word, okay? It says, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. By the way, the Bible says if you lose your connection, you're going to ask a mist that you might consume it upon your lusts. Okay? So you got to be connected to the Lord to know what to pray for sometimes. I'll ask a question. I'll be done, guys. You guys ever not known how to pray for something? Can I tell you the only way to find out is to get connected? Amen. The Bible says, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done. What, what did he mean? He says, you can move mountains. Amen? All it takes is a little bit of faith as a grain of mustard seed. You know what he's saying? A little true faith in the root. You'd be amazed what you could do. Amen? And so we see that he might do some pairing. He might do some pruning. We need to do some praying. And then he's going to do some parenting. Look what the Bible says in verse 8. And we're done. The Bible says, herein is my father. What's the Bible say? glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples any of y'all get happy when your tomato pants produce and i'll promise you there's nothing that smells better at our house than when the roses are all blooming because that wind hits them and the, and the scent comes around our house you oh and you can you don't even have to see the roses you know they're growing amen and so you go outside and you can smell it, and you come out and you, oh man that's That's what I planted those things for. And that's what I fertilized them for. That's what I got rid of the aphids for. That's what I weeded them for. That's what I pruned them for. Why? So I could get that beautiful. I I always plant the good smelling roses. Okay? Because I, listen, I'm going to get into my feminine side here, so forgive me. But to take that rose and just, oh, what a glorious scent. Amen. And the Lord says, if you could stay connected with me, don't let the devil sever that connection. Just like a parent who is proud of a child who has grown up the way that he wanted him to through his dis- discipline and nurturing and care. Amen. Look what the Bible says in verse 9. And this is Jesus talking about it. He says, you know how I've been able to do all this? He says, because I have never lost connection with my father since I came here. Folks, Jesus Christ is God. Did you notice how many times that he separated himself from the crowd? He separated himself from his apostles, and he went to a garden quite often alone to pray to his Father. People like to take and use that against him and say, "What if he is really God, why did he need to pray to his Father? Uh, I'm not going to try to explain that one, but I know this, God exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm a 61-year-old man, and I lost my father when, he, when I was 15. And i got to tell you, there are days I long to talk to my dad. I'm not an emotional person, but any time somebody has a father and son moment on something I'm seeing, I'll, I'll tear up nearly every time. Because to be quite honest with you, I, I, long, to, I long to feel that. I get to have it with my kids and my grandkids, praise God. But I, I got to be honest with you. The Bible says there, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. 
continue in my love. Now, I told you what continue means, folks. All the times it's talking about abide in me and I in you, it's the same exact word, folks. They just translated it different for different sake. Okay? As my Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall, what's the Bible say? Abide or continue or remain or dwell. Those are all translations for that same word. Okay? In my love. Folks, he's saying this in this sense. You know what? As long as we have this bond of love between our Savior and ourselves. And it's through the Word of God and faith. And if we'll just take and read the Word and meditate on it and pray and ask. And I don't know about you. It's one of the things I ask for as much as anything is, is God help me or God be with me or God. I don't know about you. I, I want relationship from God as much as anything. And I will promise you, the devil, as soon as we leave here, is going to try to break that bond. He's going to do all he can to get you to question or to, or to just go back to your old ways when you should say, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to do my devotions this week. I'm going to pray for more than my food this week. I'm, I'm going to try to take and be in constant contact with him this week. Why? Because I want you to know the devil's going to do all he can to break that connection. And we need that foundation that we can only have in Christ. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. I just pray that you'd strengthen us, help these not just to be platforms.